Welcome to Quanta Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. You probably can't remember what it felt like to play Nintendo's Super Mario Brothers for the first time, but try to picture it. It's the 1980s, and an 8-bit game world blinks into being. Baby blue sky, tessellated stone ground, and in between, a squat red-suited Mario, or a green and white Luigi if you get stuck with player two. You're faced with an unfamiliar task. You inch forward with the controls. What are these bricks overhead? And that golden box with a question mark. What? A moving mushroom? What are these brown moving creatures? What do you do now? This scene will sound familiar to anyone who grew up in the 1980s and early 90s. If you didn't, you can watch a much younger player on Polkit Agrawal's YouTube channel. Agrawal is studying how innate curiosity can make learning such an unfamiliar task, like playing Super Mario Brothers for the first time, more efficient. The catch is that the novice player in Agrawal's video isn't human, or even alive. Like Mario, it's just software. But this software comes equipped with experimental machine learning algorithms designed by Agrawal and his colleagues at the Berkeley Artificial Intelligence Research Lab. Their goal? To make a machine curious. Agrawal says you can think about curiosity as a reward that's generated internally that pushes the human or computer to go explore more in its world. This internally generated reward signal is known in cognitive psychology as intrinsic motivation. Why do we push forward in Mario's world when we have no idea what we're doing? It's that urge to reveal more of whatever's waiting just out of sight or just beyond your reach, just to see what happens. That's intrinsic motivation. We as humans also respond to extrinsic motivations, which originate in our environment. We might be motivated by the salaries we receive at work, or maybe someone makes a demand delivered at gunpoint. Computer scientists apply a similar approach called reinforcement learning to train their algorithms. The software gets points when it performs a desired task. It gets penalized when it behaves in a way we don't want. But this carrot-and-stick approach to machine learning has its limits, and artificial intelligence researchers are starting to view intrinsic motivation as an important component of software agents that can learn efficiently and flexibly. It may help make machines a little bit more flexible like humans and animals. Approaches to using intrinsic motivation in artificial intelligence, or AI, are inspired by psychology and neurobiology, plus decades-old AI research itself. Such agents may be trained on video games now, but the impact of developing meaningfully curious AI would transcend any novelty appeal. Trevor Darrell of the Berkeley Artificial Intelligence Lab jokes, if you pick your favorite application area, he'll give you an example of how AI may change it. For instance, at home, we want AI to clean up after us and help us with organizing things. In logistics, AI can help move around inventory. Oh, and those self-driving cars we've heard so much about? Yep, that's AI at work too, navigating us through complicated environments. There are even rescue robots to explore collapsed buildings after an earthquake. 
Daryl says in all of these cases, we're trying to figure out the challenging problem of how to make a machine that can figure out the task on its own. Reinforcement learning is a big part of what helped Google's AlphaGo software beat the world's best human player at Go, an ancient and intuitive game long considered invulnerable to machine learning. The details of successfully using reinforcement learning in a particular domain are complex, but the general idea is simple. Give a learning algorithm, or agent, a reward function, a mathematically defined signal to seek out and maximize, then set it loose in an environment, which could be any real or virtual world. As the agent operates in the environment, actions that increase the value of the reward function get reinforced. With enough repetition, the agent learns patterns of actions or policies that maximize its reward function. Ideally, these policies will result in the agent reaching some desirable end state, like win at go, without a programmer or engineer having to hand code every step along the way. So the reward function is basically the guidance system that keeps a reinforcement learning-powered agent locked on target. The more clearly that target is defined, the better the agent performs. That's why many of them are currently tested on old video games, like good old Super Mario Brothers, which often provide simple reward systems based on points. But Agrawal points out in the real world, there aren't any points. That's why computer scientists want to have their creations explore novel environments that don't come preloaded with quantifiable objectives. Research scientist Ryan Houthoft of the nonprofit AI research company OpenAI says if the environment doesn't supply extrinsic rewards quickly and regularly enough, the agent has no clue whether it's doing something right or wrong. He says it's like if a heat-seeking missile can't walk into a target, it doesn't have any way of guiding itself through its environment, so it just goes haywire. But even painstakingly defined extrinsic reward functions that can guide an agent to display impressively intelligent behavior in one application won't work well in others without heavy modification. And that work has to be done by hand, which is the kind of labor that machine learning is supposed to help us avoid. Instead of a battery of pseudo-intelligent agents that can reliably hit specified targets like those missiles, what we really want from AI is more like an internal piloting ability. Agrawal says, think of how rewards work in your own life. You make your own rewards. No one's telling you that you get a plus one or minus one for your decisions. UC Berkeley researcher Deepak Patak never set out to model anything as airily psychological as curiosity in code. He says the word curiosity is nothing but saying a model which leads an agent to efficiently explore its environment in the presence of noise. But in 2016, Patak was interested in the sparse rewards problem for reinforcement learning. Deep learning software powered by reinforcement learning techniques had recently made significant gains in playing simple, score-driven Atari games like Space Invaders and Breakout. But even slightly more complex games like Super Mario Brothers were still beyond an AI's grasp. They require navigating toward a goal distant in time and space without constant rewards, plus the ability to learn and successfully execute composite moves like running and jumping at the same time. 
Paddock and Agrawal, working with Trevor Darrell and Alexei Efros at the Berkeley Artificial Intelligence Research Lab, equip their learning agent with what they call an Intrinsic Curiosity Module, or ICM. It's designed to pull the learning agent forward through the game without going haywire. Remember, the agent has no prior understanding of how to play Super Mario Brothers. You, the kid of the 80s, at least knew how to work the controller. AI is less like a novice player and more like a newborn baby. Agrawal and Paddock got some of their inspiration from the work of Alison Gopnik and Laura Schultz. They're developmental psychologists at Berkeley and MIT who showed that babies and toddlers are naturally drawn to play with objects that surprise them the most, rather than with objects that are useful to achieving some extrinsic goal. Agrawal says one way to explain it is that they build a model of what they know about the world, and then they conduct experiments to learn more about what they don't know. The experiments can be anything that generates an outcome which the infant finds unusual or unexpected. The child might start with random limb movements that cause new sensations, known as motor babbling. The child then progresses to more coordinated behaviors, like chewing on a toy or knocking over a pile of blocks to see what happens. In Paddock and Agrawal's machine learning version of this surprise-driven curiosity, the AI first mathematically represents what the current video frame of Super Mario Bros. looks like. Then it predicts what the game will look like several frames after. Current AI systems can easily do this, but then Paddock and Agrawal's ICM does something more. It generates an intrinsic reward signal defined by how wrong this prediction model turns out to be. The higher the error rate, that is, the more surprised it is, the higher the value of its intrinsic reward function. In other words, if a surprise is equivalent to noticing when something doesn't turn out as expected, then Paddock and Agrawal's system gets rewarded for being surprised. Basically, it's being rewarded for noticing it's wrong. This internally generated signal draws the agent toward unexplored states in the game. It becomes curious about what it doesn't yet know, and as the agent learns, its reward signal from the ICM decreases, freeing the agent to maximize the reward signal by exploring other, more surprising situations. This speeds up exploration. This feedback loop also allows the AI to quickly bootstrap itself out of a nearly blank slate state of ignorance. At first, the agent is curious about any basic movement available to its on-screen body. Pressing right nudges Mario to the right, and then he stops. Pressing right several times in a row makes Mario move without immediately stopping. Pressing up makes him spring into the air and then come down again. This simulated motor babbling quickly converges on useful actions that move the agent forward into the game, even though the agent doesn't know it. For example, when little Mario stands on the blocky surface, pressing down doesn't do anything. So the agent quickly learns to perfectly predict the effect of that action, which cancels the curiosity-supplied reward signal. But pressing up has all kinds of unpredictable effects. Sometimes Mario goes straight up, sometimes in an arc. Sometimes he takes a short hop, other times a long jump. Sometimes he doesn't come down again if he lands on some blocks or a Koopa Troopa's turtle shell. 
all of these outcomes register as errors in the agent's prediction model, resulting in a reward signal from the ICM. That makes the agent keep experimenting with that action. Moving to the right, which almost always reveals more game world, has similar curiosity-engaging effects. Researcher Polkit Agrawal says by using this curiosity, the agent learns how to do all the things it needs to do to explore the world, and it doesn't even get penalized for dying. But he says it learns to avoid dying because not dying maximizes its exploration. It's basically reinforcing itself, not getting reinforcement from the game. Artificial curiosity has been a subject of AI research since at least the early 1990s. Early on, researchers formalized curiosity in software centers on novelty seeking by programming the agent to explore unfamiliar states in its environment. This broad definition seems to capture an intuitive understanding of the experience of curiosity. But in practice, it can cause the agent to become trapped in states that satisfy its built-in incentive but prevent it from exploring any further. For example, imagine a television displaying nothing but static on its screen. Such a thing would quickly engage the curiosity of a purely novelty-seeking agent because a square of randomly flickering virtual noise is, by definition, totally unpredictable from one moment to the next. Since every platform of static appears entirely novel to the agent, its intrinsic reward function will ensure that it can never stop paying attention to this single, useless feature of the environment. It becomes trapped. It turns out this type of pointless novelty is universal in all kinds of richly featured environments that AI must learn to cope with to become truly useful. For example, a self-driving delivery vehicle equipped with a novelty-seeking intrinsic reward function might never make it past the end of the block. Agrawal gives the example of driving along a street when the wind is blowing. Leaves are moving and falling. It's hard to predict where they'll go. That could give an AI system high prediction errors, which feeds its curiosity, and it ultimately gets stuck because it's obsessed with the leaves. Agrawal says we want to avoid that. Agrawal and Paddock had to come up with a way to keep their agent curious, but not so curious that it gets stuck. Using deep learning and computer vision to model an agent's visual field in its entirety from moment to moment makes it hard to filter out potential distractions. It's expensive, too. So instead, the Berkeley researchers engineered their Mario-playing agent to translate its visual input from raw pixels into an abstracted version of reality. This abstraction incorporates only features of the environment that have the potential to affect the agent or that the agent can influence. In essence, if the agent can't interact with a thing, it won't even be perceived in the first place. Using this stripped-down feature space simplifies the agent's learning process. It also neatly sidesteps the novelty trap. Researcher Trevor Darrell says the agent can't use things like clouds overhead to predict the effects of its actions, so it'll ignore the clouds when it's being curious. This gets around a problem in previous models of AI curiosity. But Darrell admits this newer model of curiosity isn't perfect. 
Sure, the system learns what's relevant, but Daryl says there's no guarantee it'll always get it right. In a test case of Super Mario Brothers, the agent only makes it about halfway through the first level before getting trapped by its own curiosity. This happens when Mario comes to a gap that he's supposed to jump across. Agrawal says getting past this involves executing 15 or 16 continuous actions in a very specific order. But AI Mario is never able to jump the gap. He dies every time. Agrawal says when he learns to predict that outcome, he stops being curious about going any further in the game. To be fair though, the AI can only press the buttons in certain ways, which makes it impossible to make certain moves in the game. But ultimately, the problem with artificial curiosity is that even researchers who have studied intrinsic motivation for years still can't precisely define what curiosity is. Paul Schrader is a neuroscientist who leads the Computational Perception and Action Lab at the University of Minnesota. He says the Berkeley model is the most intelligent thing to do in the short term to get an agent to automatically learn a novel environment. But Trader thinks it has less to do with the intuitive concept of curiosity than with motor learning and control. He says it comes down to the details of what the body does. To Schrader, the Berkeley team's novel idea comes in attaching their intrinsic curiosity module to an agent that perceives Super Mario Brothers as a feature space rather than as sequential frames of pixels. He argues that this approach may roughly approximate the way our own brains extract visual features that are relevant to a task. French researcher Pierre-Yves Odier says curiosity may also require an agent to be at least somewhat embodied within an environment to have a real meaning. Odier has been creating computational models of curiosity for more than a decade. He points out that the world is so large and rich that an agent can find surprises everywhere. But this isn't itself enough. He says it needs constraints. They focus the attention and help guide exploration. Not all embodied agents need intrinsic motivation either, as the history of industrial robotics makes clear. For tasks that are simpler to specify, say, shuttling cargo from place to place using a robot that follows a yellow painted line on the floor, adding curiosity to the mix would be machine learning overkill. But Berkeley's Trevor Darrell says if you're putting a robot in a situation that can't be modeled in advance, like disaster search and rescue, it has to go out and learn to explore on its own. Darrell says that goes beyond mapping. The robot has to learn the effects of its own actions in the environment. So you need one that's curious when it's learning how to do its job. But remember the baby learning how to do things by pushing the limits of its own little world? That's what AI researchers are trying to do. Yes, Agrawal and Paddock's Mario playing agent might not be able to get past level one on its own, but with baby steps that fine tune its curiosity, he just might be able to get past it after all and open whole new worlds. Michelle Yoon helped on this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read John Pavlis' full article, Clever Machines Learn How to Be Curious, on our website, quantamagazine.org.